Hello, everyone. I am Paul Wicker. And I'm J.D. Prater. And today is October 25th, and these are your top seven PPC headlines from the week. Number one, a new way to target in Bing, Bing ads. I don't know why I can't have trouble saying this. In Bing ads, which we've been waiting for from the LinkedIn Bing acquisition, you can now target on company, job function, and industry in, in Bing using data from LinkedIn. This is big. Yeah. I think this is something uh, for advertisers we were all wondering, like what's going to happen with this acquisition? Um, are they going to be able to integrate the two? And it looks like they slowly are. So these 575 million LinkedIn members, uh, you now will be able to do some bid targeting. Exclusions are coming soon, but bid targeting uh, for your text ads, your shopping ads, and for your uh, Bing search ads, US only as well. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of caveats in there, but uh, I'm pretty pumped about it. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the most popular targeting options people use in LinkedIn, company targeting, job function, industry. So some of the three most popular LinkedIn targets making their way to Bing. So check that out. It's supposed to be in the Bing interface if you're in the US right now. So go uh, set up some Bing campaigns. Number two, uh, Facebook, so we have two Facebook stories. Uh, let's do them in reverse order. Uh, multiple brands in a single ad unit. I think you tweeted something funny about this where Facebook is actually showing like two competing brands or two, in the, in the example is two women's clothing brands, both in the same ad, almost like a carousel vibe to it where you see like one brand and then you can almost see all of another brand's carousel. What do you think of this? <laughs> And there's a lot here, right? I mean, obviously these brands have agreed to do this and to experiment within this uh, ad type beta, but oh man, like, do you really want your ad right next to your competitor? I, oh man, it's, it's tough. And like, who goes first? Are you first? Are you second? Or are you third? Is it uh, like, what does that look like? I think uh, Larry Kim called it. It's like those billboards that rotate, you know? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, but I see it mostly as a, a new way to get some more ad inventory. You know, now you're doing two ads in one ad. So, yeah, that is pretty genius. I know. Um, yeah, at least oh. in a billboard, like you're the only one on the billboard. <laughs> exactly. It does that weird, which is pretty cool. If you ever watch them change, they're like triangles and they just all of a sudden turn and you get a new one. Um, or, of course, now they're digital, but in the old days. Uh, so, yeah, that is that is true. It's kind of like a billboard. But, yeah, you're, like, weirdly sharing space. And if you're a small brand, you're probably, like, sweet. I'm next to this big brand. It gives me some credibility. And then, but the opposite, if you're the big brand, like, why do I have this piddly little competitor piggybacking off my brand strength? I got the attention in, in the user experience who's, like, looking at their newsfeed, And then this tiny little brand now gets some exposure. Yeah, I, man, I just... I would be hard pressed. Like I, I, I'm going to watch it, keep an eye on this one for sure. Go read more about it. But if you're just chasing CPMs, sure. But man, when you think about brand and you think about actually driving results, I just don't know. Like I, I just, I'm, I'm hard pressed to see that this is a good one. I mean, that's just me. Well, the people in it now aren't paying. It's totally free from Facebook. It's available in US, UK and Canada. You can't pick who you're co-advertising with in your space. So it's, it seems very like very much like a test that was reported out there in the wild. So it might go away and never, never, never hear about it again. Also on Facebook, 
uh, I feel like every every week we talk about the same topic. Um, headline is reducing low quality ads on Facebook. Talking about you know if you have clickbaity stuff in your ad or you have you know some uh, kind of of these click here to see what happens, they're going to turn down the distribution in the Facebook ad auction. Yeah, I mean, so don't do that. Engagement bait. I like uh, withholding information is a good one too. So ads that purposely withhold information to entice people to click. Paul, like it sounds like this were made for you. Right. Well, I know I do click on them. I think we talk about this every week at this point. I'm like, I think we covered this same story last week. They keep making small tweaks to, and you know, Google's doing it, Facebook's doing it, Twitter's doing it. So I get confused over who's doing it. But yeah, all the spammy things. I think you made the point last week. Well, isn't that what marketers do? We like find ways to get your attention. And if they work too well, then somebody bans them because they're too effective. Uh, so this worked too well. You can't do dancing babies. You can't do lose belly fat uh, anim- or whatever sketches. And now you can't do, uh, you know, click here to find out what happens next. What ads are you seeing? <laughs> I'm going back. Don't you remember like the dancing baby? At one point there was like a dancing baby cartoon that was like in every display ad. (laughs) Well, um, I think for those that are doing this though, uh, I think what they're saying is you're going to see reduced distribution. So you're not going to be like kicked off. You're not really going to be given like a warning. It's more of a, you're going to be reduced in the auction, which I still, uh, like I still don't think it's enough. They're saying that they will disapprove them. They're going to reduce them. If multiple ads have been flagged with low quality, this may impact the performance from that advertiser. I'm thinking, yeah, no kidding. Uh, How about you just get rid of this guy, you know? Right. Or gal. No, the girls are always like good to go. It's always some guy. And even then, I'm going to even put it on the affiliates. So all the affiliates out there listening, I'm sorry, but it's your fault. That's true. It's just some dodgy dude that runs some really crappy affiliate network. 95% 95% of the time. Uh, the other news from Facebook, which you should be all about is because you wrote a great post on the new, well, it's not new anymore, but it was new at the time, Facebook Analytics product, kind of a competitor to Google Analytics. And now they launched Attribution. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, this one's this one looks good. Um, I think there's still some, some pros and some cons. I saw Amy Bishop was out uh, presenting. I think she did something at SMX uh, East that's going on currently. I think it just wrapped up, but uh, she tweeted out some pros and cons from her deck, and I thought she I had some pretty good takes on it. And so go go check that out on Twitter. Go go look that up. But you know, quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's nice. It's, it's another tool, right? It's no longer just Google analytics. And the great thing with this one is you're, you're, you're measuring the user, which I think is what's so key. Google analytics is great for measuring websites and not necessarily user actions because the website action even then is going to be by device where Facebook's going to be able to measure you across all of your devices and what you're doing and how you're moving in and out. And how they're doing that is through the UTM, which is, you know, again, so if you're tagging all your UTMs or they can understand that it's a referral from, you know, Quora maybe or Reddit or Twitter, right? Um, They understand that and they can kind of understand you as a user have clicked on that link and what you're doing. So that's what I find to be the most beneficial within this. It still has some flaws. It's still early, but there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, and it's the magic price of free. Um, You do need to be an admin to set it up. So if you're not an admin in your Facebook ad account, uh, you cannot set this up. So get your admin to do it. 
also, I was just talking to an engineer. It's funny, engineers have all these tools they use, and sometimes they're like 30 or 40 tools, and you know, you refer to it as their stack. And it's funny, marketers now have a stack. Almost every role, at least in, in the Bay Area, you know, the CS team, they have a stack. The sales team, they have a stack. Everybody's got this giant technology stack, and it's only getting bigger because now you have multiple high-quality free attribution tools that, you know, I'd feel compelled to use if I was trying to figure out attribution. So here's another one. Uh, but check it out. Like I said, it's free. So you might as well go see what Facebook's uh, saying. Also, since you mentioned it, Google cross device, we talked about it. I mean, it came out a while ago. You can, you can use this like unique single ID to track cross device using Google Analytics. You just have to make sure you set up the whatever it's called, Google Analytics universal ID or something like that. We've continued to put off setting it up, <laughs> but we will one day and then we will have a unified view across all channels as long as they're logged in, right? So that, that is the one caveat, right? So it's still really good. It's still a step in the right direction, but you have to be logged in. Um, this is once you log in, they're kind of tying that together. You're a logged in user, you're on this device, and that's really how they're kind of, you know, hacking it, if you will. But it's not really right. hacking. It's just, it's, it's device fingerprinting to an ID, so. Oh, you sound fancy. Device fingerprinting to an ID. Just device fingerprinting to an ID, you know? No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. Uh, Android, <laughs> speaking of Google, uh, uh, Android, there's this fraud ring mm. where people were buying apps. So let me step back. BuzzFeed did an investigation, which made me laugh because is that a real thing? But apparently it is. So BuzzFeed did an investigation and they found, you know, all this uh, revenue being generated, generated by a bunch of these, you know, crappy, you know, not all crappy, some are crappy, some are fairly legitimate apps that got bought by this company called We Purchase Apps. And their business model was they'd buy these apps, they transfer the ownership to these shell companies overseas, and they'd actually continue to run them normally. They'd watch the users of those apps, and then they would use bots to simulate similar looking usage for their, you know, spammy fake accounts. And the idea was if they can make the bots look just like the real users, then Google couldn't figure out that this is all junk traffic. And that's exactly what they did. And BuzzFeed notified Google and Google did take action. They removed several apps, but some of them are still live. There's one called Everything Me, apparently, which is still live. So if you're doing some app installs, maybe you want to do some negative. Well, I don't, we can get into negative targeting for apps in a second because Google just limited <laughs> our ability to do that in many ways, right? Right. Uh, so this is some bad press for them if it turns out some Google says it was $10 million of exposure. This third party company called Pixelate said just this one app we purchased apps generated $75 million of fraud and click. So who knows somewhere between 10 and $75 million or more. So that's not good news. If you've been doing app installs on Android, man, that's a tough one too, because again, you see these guys, devising bots, right? So they're, they're writing this code and to have these, you know, machines, whatever, robots, however you want to like think about it to go out and do these things, right? Go do this. And it was like, go install this app. Now go and use the app in this way, but they're not real, right? They're not real users. And this was, this was always a trick, you know, and you see all these app, especially like in the ad tech world, you see all these app companies that are like, yeah, we're the best mobile app, you know, installation, we're video app and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. There's so many of these types of companies and you never really know which one to pick or who's legit or where they actually getting these. Then you hear about 
fraud like this or you hear about click farms and you're just like, man, I don't even know anymore. Like what is a real user? Like <laughs> how do you yeah. define real? How do you define usage? And this is where you get into really fun numbers like monthly active users and what does it mean to be active? And so that's always a, a tricky one to really track down. Yeah, I mean, it's a good reminder to optimize to true value, which hopefully is not just your app install or even just usage, but however you make money. So if at some point people are paying for the app, uh, are you making any money from these app installs? Of course, if you're only making money showing ads, you're probably like, well, I don't care if they're real people. You know, somebody downloaded my app, used it, generated some clicks, and I got a share of it. So the people who make these apps, which probably are not, largely high quality, wonderful apps are just thrilled. They have users and they're getting paid. So they're not very incented to be like, Hey, wait a minute. Somebody, these people using my apps aren't real. Google, take your money back. So it's a bit of a tough uh, alignment there. So it comes down to marketers. If you're paying for app installs, making sure that the app installs, uh, or I guess if you're paying for inventory from Google, um, whether it's uh, app installs or, you know, getting uh, inventory from mobile apps, you need to make sure you're actually generating some revenue from it. Otherwise you might be getting a bunch of installs on these bot machines. Yeah. Let's keep going with, with, uh, with apps. You want to do Apple? Yeah. The, the 2 billion, is it 2 billion? What are they going yeah. for? 2 billion in Revy come 2020. Really impressive. I like they're setting some future goals. We can't even figure out what we're doing like next quarter and they're telling us what they're going to do in 2020. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, this is a little bit of leak news too, though. You know, Apple search store ads are expected to drive 500 million in revenue this year and possibly quadruple in the next two years. You do the math, that puts them at $2 billion. But this did all come from kind of an internal source at Apple who has kind of leaked the, the info. So not sure how much you can trust it. But I mean, $2 billion by 2020, if it's true, you know, they are a true player in the, especially in the kind of app install space. Oh man. Yeah. It's so bottom of the funnel. Like it's so impressive what people are doing now. It, what's impressive is we download that many apps, which is another thing that we can talk about as well with the research that I've done that we only use like maybe 10 a day. And yet we have around like 35 on average up to hundreds. Right. But the fact that they're going to make 500 million this year, like that's, that's fantastic. Like, <laughs> like that's a lot. It's a lot of, um, a lot of revenue to come in just from ads within your Apple store. So if you think about it, it's so small, but I went ahead and just did a quick search. Paul, you may know, oh, do you know what Apple's revenue is? Yearly revenue? Well, aren't they like going to, oh, that's their value. Their valuation broke a trillion, right? At some point that was a headline, but their revenue, I don't know. Is it like $35 billion? Oh, wow. Not even close. So in 2017, they did $229 billion. Wow. So even if they get to 2 billion, that's like 1%. Wow. <laughs> I was using Google as like my, I'm like, well, I think, you know, they can't do as much as Google. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, There's so that's where they're works. getting their, their, yeah. their trillion dollar valuation of that five X multiplier there, but still like, I mean, yeah. 229. It's nothing to, uh, you know, you know, laugh at. Uh, that's super impressive. It's the most, right? And But this is just so small. <laughs> right. It is a drop in the bucket. Although they did launch these in late 2016. So largely it's been about a year and a half. Not bad to drum up $500 million in a year and a half. Uh, yeah. That'd be nice if Cora was drumming up $500 million. That'd be, yeah. be, pretty, be pretty amazing. 
I, th- I think most companies in the world would be very happy for <laughs> about 500 million in a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that, I was just gonna say like, that's on par, right? Cause I think the latest that I saw was like Pinterest was doing about that. So Apple search ads are about as big as Pinterest, which is <laughs> super impressive. Right. And it's like a five or I don't know, many year old advanced business model at this point. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, Oh, wait, not speaking of. There was one other one that's, uh, oh, Twitch. Twitch. Because we're talking about Apple. We should talk about Amazon. Don't forget, Amazon owns Twitch. I tell people that and they still don't believe me. <laughs> I know. It's, it's shocking. I think when I found that out, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, no one believes it because it's just such a different like, demographic. Um, and this article actually found really interesting because I don't know much about the Twitch advertising. Well, I don't know anything until I read this article about the Twitch advertising ecosystem. And I only, I've been on Twitch a few times. Watch, you know, watch some streamers, watch some League of Legends. Are you with me? Pin drop. Crickets. Uh, I have gone on Twitch a few times. Also, when I didn't know what, um, what is the game that everyone plays incessantly on their phones? Not Homefront. Um, Fortnite? Fortnite? Yeah. I was like, well, okay, what is Fortnite? And I went on Twitch and watching people play Fortnite. And I was like, eh, okay. Um, anyway, the moral of the story is I didn't know much about Twitch, so this article is really interesting. They're trying uh, to also launch an advertising business and trying to get revenue this year to $1 billion on, in Twitch ads, which we're just talking about. Uh, companies like Pinterest, not uh, at that number yet. They have 15 million daily active users and they're trying to like build an ad business by not just doing kind of CPC ads or CPM banner ads because they say they have this really core group of 18 to 25 year old males and they hate ads and they won't click on them. So instead of doing that, they're trying some other creative stuff, uh, which I can go into more, but I don't know, JD, if you want to touch on it before I give away all the good parts. No, I give away the good parts. I mean, the Twitch, I know nothing about other than uh, they're down the street from ad stage. I'd always see them in their purple hoodies, um, but... <laughs> That's about as much yeah. as I knew about Twitch. I was, uh, com- my mind was completely blown away that people got paid money uh, to watch other people pay them. Like, you know what I mean? Like people were paying to watch them play video games. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. that was like, what? No like, one told me when I was a kid that was going to be a viable career option. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> a vastly different life. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Be playing Mario nonstop. Sorry, Mario Brothers. People out here call it Mario Brothers, not Mario. Mario? No, it's Mario. Yeah, okay, good, good. Um, so the things I found interesting about Twitch's ad business is, A, uh, according to Twitch, 90% of gamers, this is hilarious, 90% of gamers are snacking while on the platform, which you can imagine, <laughs> watching people play video games, eating a bag of Cheetos, 90% of the time. So 90% of gamers are snacking, so they did this... Uh, experience where you know they sponsored snack breaks uh, during breaks in the live streams so very curated experience uh, (laughs) which just fits perfectly for the twitch demographic another example oh man during a break you get a trailer for a new fox movie that was coming up and then you can kind of click on the characters in the movie read a bio and then purchase tickets right from the experience so it's a bit more of a contained experience. So not going for, again, banner ads and, and traditional text ads. And the part that really blew my mind is on Twitch, they use this thing called bits. So instead of, this is a very common tactic in mobile games. You don't make people spend real money because then they'll think about, huh, I'm spending $5 on this virtual scarf I'm going to put on my character. 
So instead, you you know pay five bucks and you get a thousand rubies or a thousand whatever. And in Twitch's case, you get something called a bit. Uh, and they kind of have set up the model where they just pay the users to watch the ads. So if there's an ad, you can interact with the ad, and then you actually can earn some bits. And if you earn bits on Twitch, very often what you do is then kind of pay the streamers using those bits. So you're watching someone play a video game, you really like them, you have $5 worth of bits, you donate money to them, and that's how the streamers make money, and that's how there's a bit of a value exchange from the advertiser to the user and from the user to the content creator. And it's kind of nice. It's kind of a nice value exchange. And, you know, content creators getting paid for their work, advertisers paying users for the fact that they're buying some attention. So I kind of like it. Hmm. Interesting. I just, hold on, Paul. Man, I really need some Doritos. (laughs) (laughs) This ad sponsored by Doritos. Yeah. Uh, No. Uh, I, I, so it's a couple of things. So, I think you hit on a bunch of other things. Let me give you some uh, things that I got from this ad, or from this article as well. So definitely go check this one out because I, I like that it's a little bit unorthodox. I like that it's a little like not scalable and it's like highly different than what we are used to. So I like that. I like that it's not a text ad or an image ad, right? It's, it's very much kind of a experiential type of advertising and you get to reward people. I, I'll do. Some limitations that you're, you're going to have. Are you you Amazon people? You cannot use first-party data on the gaming video platform, nor can advertisers use the Amazon DSP to place ads on Twitch. So yeah, that's that's important to remember as well. I think you're going to have to like contact and get you a good uh, CS person or an account manager. And this is a random tip because there's a guy that I sometimes watch, you know, on, well, I actually don't go on Twitch ever, but I hear people say, if you have Amazon Prime, you actually have Twitch Prime. So you have Twitch Prime and you get what's called a sub or a subscription to one of your favorite streamers. So if you've never been on Twitch, you can go to Twitch right now. You actually have Twitch Prime because you probably have Amazon Prime and you can find a streamer. Maybe they're not playing video games. Maybe they're streaming about politics or other things that they do there. And you could subscribe to their channel, which normally, I guess, uh, you have to pay for or there's some monetary exchange. But you can do it for free. So there's a tip for you. Everybody out there, you probably have a Twitch Prime account. Go forth and and use it. Sponsored by Twitch. (laughs) Uh, I believe those are all all the stories for today. Am I correct? That's it. Only thing I've got, I've got three betas for you, Paul. Betas from Quora? Yeah. Nailed it. You nailed it. I think you got it right at that time. Uh, yeah, so uh, really good stuff for all of you guys out there listening. CPM bidding uh, going live next week. So Whoa. next week, next week. Uh, promoted answers on the way and auction insights also on the way. So we had, uh, I think we talked a little bit about some of these here and there, but uh, I can officially say these now with real confidence that these will be launching here fairly soon. And if you're interested in learning more, please reach out and uh, I'll see if I can get you in those. Awesome. I also love the artwork you guys are doing over there on your like landing page. Uh, you got a nice little illustration going with like a Yeti and a dog and a, I don't even know what's happening, but it's very interesting. There's a lot going on there. Like we have this as like a full size painting mural. And when you get up on the mural, it's huge, right? For one thing, but then you start really looking at it. And I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> it's yeah. random. You got some funny stuff in there. If you go to uh, quower.biz, cor- God darn it, 
Quora.biz slash quick start. Do you see this thing? No. No, no. Where do this I see is, it then? Just on Quora.com before uh, I log in? Yeah, Quora.com before you log in. Okay. And then if you uh, come on down to Mountain View, I'll show it to you in, in person. <laughs> to get me to sit in the traffic down the peninsula. Yeah, you can just take nice the Caltrain. Just take the Caltrain. That's true. Hey, let's We're talk like, about commuting. It re- people really like that on the podcast. <laughs> Let's complain. Now, next we're going to complain about San Francisco uh, rental prices for apartments. <laughs> That's all we have for this week. If you want more, you can head over to blog.adstage.io and you can learn more about ad tech and get a newsletter every week and stay up to date. And we'll talk to you again next week. See you guys. <laughs>